Dose the Leadership Podcast, episode 114. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Richard Ryerson. i got to tell you, I give a heartfelt thanks to all of the listeners out there. If it wasn't for you guys, this show would even be possible. The whole reason why this show exists is because of your support. So... If you can, please spread the word. Let your friends, your family, your coworkers, let them know about this show. Spread the word about Dose of Leadership. Share this podcast. Share the links. Let them get tuned in. And I love to hear from you, and I can't tell you how much your support means to me. It means a lot to me, and I look forward to going forward on this leadership journey with you. And if you haven't heard right now, I have a new podcast, too, if you want to check it out. It's just me for about 10 to 15 minutes a day called the Courageous Leadership Podcast. And again, if you can uh, spread the word about that one as well, it would mean a lot to me as I am in new and noteworthy, but to keep that momentum up and to grow that organic audience, I need your help. I need your support. So spread the word. Friends, family, coworkers, let them know about both the Dose of Leadership Podcast and the Courageous Leadership Podcast. And again, thanks so much for your support. Well, what an honor it is having my show, Scott Gerber. He's the founder of the Young, Young Entrepreneur Council, an invite-only organization comprised of the world's most successful young entrepreneurs and author of the book, Never Get a Real Job. He is also a serial entrepreneur, internationally syndicated columnist, and the host of Founders Forum on Inc.com. Scott has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Bloomberg, Fortune, Time, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, Reuters, Mashable, BBC, NPR, Forbes. My goodness, this guy is everywhere. And he's uh, honored by NASDAQ and the White House. You can follow him at Scott Gerber. Scott, welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. Thanks for having me, Richard. Man, you are everywhere when it comes to the media. Tell us a little bit more about you, a little bit about your background and how you got so involved in entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, long story short is uh, I live and breathe it every day. Uh, you know, when I uh, left college, I, I never went and got the quote-unquote real job uh, and uh, just found a way to make it work, and I found that to be an incredibly rewarding experience, and I've since built a number of different companies, with YAC being the latest. Uh, that also has a special place in my heart because it's not only a company, it's also a mission uh, of really creating solid impact in the field of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship education uh, by connecting the most elite entrepreneurs of our generation to uh, create more business opportunity while simultaneously taking that brain trust and bestowing it upon the next generation of up, uh, up and coming entrepreneurs as well. Uh, and so it's been a great privilege of my life uh, to be able uh, to, to do this and to lead an incredible group of people uh, while simultaneously living the virtues myself. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, the journey has been quite crazy. I never would have thought in a million years that the media would sort of turn the YEC into a, sort of a go-to uh, thought leader in, in what the career landscape looks like today and as a result putting me as a talking head is <laughs> in that. But, uh, but it's been quite a ride. You know, I love it. I, I've had a, quite a few guests on here and we talked about the millennial generation we've talked about entrepreneurship and educate me i'm 45 and uh as i told you in the pre-interview i was mainly a pilot in the marine corps and you know did that for a while got in the corporate arena about 13 years ago but it's amazing to me um 
um, I checked out because I got so tired of watching the politics, the this and that, and the negativity. And when I started doing this podcast and kind of surrounding myself with more entrepreneurs, people like yourself, I really became awakened to this kind of what seems to be an entrepreneurial rebirth. Is that mm-hmm. happening, or is am I just be, you know coming late to the game? No, I, I, I certainly don't think that you're uh, you're imagining this. And, and thank you for serving our country, by the way. Uh, very important oh, to note. You. Um, you know, I look at it this way, Richard. I think that it's not so much a reawakening as it is an understanding that it's no longer a renegade's choice. I think that's been the big change mm. over in the last decade. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you look at the history of entrepreneurship as we understand it today, with the actual word entrepreneur uh, versus business owner, little things within the culture that 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 means today. Um, you know, you'll see that when you think about the job. Jobs and the Bransons and all these kinds of guys. You think of them as these renegades that ultimately were trying to change the world. They were crazy. They were people that were misunderstood. Uh, they, they, they were doing the impossible and there's no way that that could be replicated and you know this is one out of a million and so on and so on and so on. What you're seeing today is that because of this sort of perfect storm of globalization, the recession, uh, and frankly the innovations like the internet that we see every day just fundamentally disrupting and changing the way that we live and breathe on this earth, um, you have created this new mindset that uh, a generation is going to look and say, am I going to go out? and take this traditional, whatever that means anymore, career path up the ladder, if the ladder is even real anymore, or am I going to go try something for myself? Maybe it won't be a long-term stint, but something that I can try to make my mark on the world. And if it hits, great, because at the end of the day, between healthcare and the uh, amount of money I'm going to make as a start, uh, starting employee versus a startup is not that fundamentally different anymore. And so I think that what we're seeing now is this acceptance that a startup life is actually a career path. It is not simply this renegade's uh, choice, this, these people running away from the real world or any of that nonsense. It's really about creating economic development, creating personal growth, creating jobs. Uh, and that all comes from this notion that anyone at any time, anywhere has the capability today of being on an even playing field with their largest competitors, the most entrenched companies worldwide because of the innovation and bootstrap mentality that you can take on. And so I see that that is a huge opportunity. And so not so much a reawakening as uh, or reimagining, rather just something that is now on the playing field as an actual viable option uh, in a real way. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it gets me excited because it gives me, um, like I said, if you you just kind of stick to the traditional mediums and kind of the traditional uh, mindsets, which I think a lot of us are, are... are tied into it can be very depressing but when i look at the kind of especially the millennial generation and the embracing everything you just talked about there it gives me a, a great sense of hope how do you feel about it how do you feel about the future of the country and the future of particularly the united states sure i mean you know listen at the end of the day uh i, I would love to think uh that entrepreneurs are the foundation of a free market, are the foundation of the United States and its development and growth, and how we uh, will be a continue to be a superpower worldwide, uh, both economically and as well as a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I sort of have mixed feelings on the subject uh, because, of course, I'm 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 one of those believers that you know the millennial generation is going to be the most entrepreneurial, if not if it's not already the most entrepreneurial generation uh, in our history. Uh, and then I hope that every generation beats that generation as well. At the same time, I think that in many ways, both some of our own faults as millennials, but also just society as a whole, has really dealt us a pretty rough hand in a lot of ways. And, and I'm sure that that can be taken back to other generations, uh, you know, everything 
uh, it has has its own place in history. Um, but I look at it and I say, never before have you had sort of hyper growth, uh, you know, around the idea of uh, how. how What's the right word I'm looking for here? Uh, you know, just just frankly, I guess to back up, just just frankly, being dealt the hand that you're in debt, you are dealing with an economy that is stagnant. You're dealing with literally a job market that's decimated for Gen Y. You're looking. Most Gen Yers have started a career path that they can't fundamentally complete because there's no actual opportunity. So they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting to a point where they are failed to launch and set up for that. So all these things that now have sort of set us up for a generation of failure. Uh, and in some cases, even hard, hardships in startups between business credit and all these other things that we're just not either fully in the know about. I mean, entrepreneurship education is still not taught in this country. And when it is, it's taught very poorly in most cases. Mm. And then on the other side of the equation, you have those folks that have gone through the whole path and, and sort of look at the end of it and say, now what? And they first have to think through, oh my God, there is no opportunity for me. So now I have to create my own. What does that even mean? So I, I certainly think it's a double-edged sword. Uh, I, I think that's the word I was looking for, the double-edged sword phrasing. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's an incredible moment for opportunity opportunity, but it's an also incredible moment for hardship. Uh, you literally a couple of years ago in 2008 through 2010 had upwards of 50% of Gen Yers, uh, recent college grads, unemployed. And that is going to hurt not just their short term, but their long term prospects, whether they're entrepreneurial or not. Yeah. And I think that does have a foundational, yeah, yeah, as, as a foundational issue, is something that will affect us you know, for many, many years. And, and hopefully through the ingenuity of this generation, it's tech savvy and it's intelligence. You know, I'm hoping that we can build ourselves out of it. I love your passion. I love how you're just so wrapped up in this whole idea. If you could invest the rest of your life and know you could change one thing in the world around you, what, what would that be? I would want every single kid in America to learn what entrepreneurship is in high school. Yeah. Um, I think that if we can teach entrepreneurship early enough, again, not that every single person should be an entrepreneur, but entrepreneurial thinking, uh, real practical education uh, combined with uh, those that have done it to go back and give their time. And this is one of the reasons that we're doing our uh, – YSC is doing its partnership with Junior Achievement Nationwide to begin this mission. Um, I think that you would see a fundamentally different society as a result. I think that that is the formative years where people are really making the beginnings of their long-term career decisions. And I think that's the moment where you really have to say there's this cool thing out there you can try and get them early enough so that they actually go out and try it and fail a few times while they're still under mother's wing um, before they go into the real world, whether that be college or uh, their first job or, frankly, their first startup. So uh, I, I do think that that is the cognitive age that we need to focus on. I agree. I think one thing – I don't know if you ever heard of a Decker Distributive ed Education Clubs. In I did, life. yep. Yeah. Decker is a great organization. Yeah, I got involved in that you know, 28 years ago when I was in high school, and, and I that's what I – my competition was entrepreneurship written where you actually wrote a business plan. But um, that kind of sowed the seeds for me anyway about getting passionate about entrepreneurship. But it is funny to think or interesting anyway to look back at the difference how we looked at entrepreneurship now and then. Even back then it was still kind of a looking at the big moguls and the big kind of – the big dares and it seemed almost impossible to a lot. Now it seems because I think as you said because of the technological advances and because of just a different mindset and the globalization and that there are people literally in their bedrooms, you know, generating all kinds of passive income that just would blow people away. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Absolutely. And that's, that's what society has become, a society of opportunity. And so I just really think that if we can put this mindset into more young people, again, I'm not trying to preach the gospel to go say every person needs to be an entrepreneur. Right. I think that's a fool's errand. But I do think that everyone should be 
trained to be entrepreneurial. I do believe people should be trained to take on a job of their own creation if they need to or if they want to, but have the viable option to do either. Um, and I think that's where, frankly, a lot of colleges, a lot of schools across America are failing our kids. Uh, and, and I think that that age where they are trying to you know, launch themselves in whatever machination that is, is so crucial that they understand that you don't have to just give up on everything you believe in or that you've learned because there's not this traditional you know, cushion waiting for you, but that you have the opportunity, should you choose, to jump, jump into this very innovative world and, and make your mark, but do so smartly with both feet on the ground, heart in the right place, and eyes focused. Um, that is something that is, is really just lacking in the American culture. Yeah. We spent a lot of time you know, focusing here on, on Gen Y, and I think uh – YEC. Well, let's talk about that first before I get to this question. That what you just talked about is is that what led to the genesis of YEC? Why did that? How did that come about? Sure. So you know, basically, I had uh, started a few businesses after college in the early two thousands. Uh, after I had my own failure that I talk about in my book, uh, Never Get a Real Job. And the idea was that I had seven hundred dollars left to my name right before graduation. No job prospects. Didn't want to work for anyone. Everyone in my life, from my mother and my father to my friends, were all saying, "All right, go go get a you know real job. Figure yourself out. Don't just keep throwing yourself out there." And instead, I took the last seven hundred dollars I had left to my name and. and you know, the story then goes, started my first real business that generated, you know, a lot of money for that age and now today has clients like Procter & Gamble, Dolby Gap and a lot of really big companies. Um, and, and I thought that, you know, from, from that experience of literally coming up, being the, the quote-unquote fail-to-launch age where that is the crucial moment of, okay, you're about to jump into the real world, now what? Uh, that I had experienced that. I would experienced the failures. I would experienced the lack of uh, any real compassion from anyone around me about my choices. And I thought I could teach people that exact moment, that real-world hard-knocks lesson from someone that was not that far removed from the place they are about to be or currently are in. And so the goal was I just started going out there and talking to a lot of people and connecting entrepreneurs to do panels and all kinds of stuff just to, again, get this message out there as I was, again, at that point, just doing other businesses that, that are still around today as well. Uh, and then when 08, 09, and 10 happened, uh, I started really saying like, wow, you know, there's got to be something bigger that we can do here. This, this is bigger than us. I mean – when you were hearing statistics like in the New York Times saying 50% of recent college grads are unemployed, I mean that is a that is a, that is a big problem. That's not just some like headline that you see on a you know a gawker or a Business Insider. I mean that is like a real statistic and a scary one. And so what happened was I had you know like I've been mentioning getting all these entrepreneurs together informally uh, to sort of do panels and stuff. And I said, well, you know, how can I make impact? And this is where the media started following my career at that point. Uh, the New York Times writes an op-ed about us, you know, going out there and doing this. I then bring together these entrepreneurs again and again and again. And finally, the aha moment happened. Two of the entrepreneurs that had participated in one of the mentorship exercises I had never met before and asked me for an introduction uh, on some of these Q&A things we were doing online at the time. And that was the moment that I thought you could build an organization that is meant to do both well and good, do well by connecting the most elite for the greatest opportunities between them and create real business opportunity as a result and do good by taking this brain trust and you know putting it out there into the world in a very you know meaningful and educational capacity. Uh, and so you know today we are uh, you know, an invite-only group of, of roughly about uh, a little over a thousand at this point uh, entrepreneurs that are multi-million-dollar business owners in almost every market sector and industry. 
create about a little 10 billion sales, have just about 3 billion in capital behind them. Uh, and uh, they've been accepted amongst their peers out of a pool of over 15,000 people at this point because our members actually vote in every new member to maintain a vetted democracy. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I think that was really the Oedipus of now creating this idea, making it an idea worth spreading, and it just happens to be in the form of an organization. Uh, and now we have, you know, over a thousand of the most, you know, zealous people out there that are also preaching this message that together we become very strong uh, and a force to be reckoned with, which is why people from the media to the White House to all these different groups really take us seriously because we do represent a body of people that represent the future uh, in many capacities, politically, economically, however you want to look at it. Uh, and, and now the ability to take this and really expand it uh, to, to be even more powerful, to create more impact uh, is really where we're heading now. Well, that's great. I think, you know, one thing you're hitting on, I think that that isn't taught enough and I wish would be taught along with the ideas of uh, the fundamentals of entrepreneurship and free enterprise is this idea of of networking and building quality networks. You seem to um, that that is at the essence, the heart of why YEC is so successful. You've seen it firsthand. Did you kind of fall into networking? Did you learn it on your own? Did someone teach you how to effectively network? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, you know, you read all these headlines speaking of the media again. I, I find it really funny now that I hear all these um, these these blogs and these news sites calling me a super connector. I guess it's some new age term now. Um, you know, when Fast Company first did that, I was I was honored because it sounds like a really cool title. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, I guess it, it sort of took me back to ask myself the same question you just asked me, which is how did I, uh, how did I even get started in this? And then, you know, it sounds funny. I mean, the most important thing of networking uh, if you want to call it something that, you know, what I'll call business plan-y like that, right. uh, you know, is, is frankly just the ability to bring people together. Right. And I think that's that frankly when I started doing that was just going back to the panels I just mentioned and all of the mentorship stuff we did, um, you know, p- being genuine and authentic about it. Like there was no other mission other than what I was stating. And, you know, when people come together through a common bond, uh, through an idea that they all share passionately uh, about, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a meaningful networking exchange. Um, I think the moment that I became what I'll call a, a real connector, uh, like, like intentionally, was the moment I changed one thing in my mindset, um, which I think is a life-changing thing. Very, very easy to say, very hard to execute. Um, and and I'll, I'll certainly, you know, share it with your listeners. Um, currently today, if you go out there into the world and want to network, you know, you go to conferences, you go to events, and your mindset is, I'm going to go to meet people that can help my business. I'm going to go and meet people who can help me. Those are typically, whether you state them or not, the reasons you take those kinds of actions because it's about me, 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 me. The problem with that notion is that when everybody is about me, no one is about us or you. Right. And that's a very big problem, especially from networking, uh, because you can never connect the dots because you're so focused on your own. So I think that the mindset change that I had had was going into a room and changing it to say, not how can these folks help me, but let me go in and figure out how can I help you? Right. Because if I can help you and you and you and you and you, and you at some point, the, the probability that you will be able to help me will not only be more meaningful at that point, but I will have already put, proven that my intentions are still and were true at the time to help you first, which makes that introduction, that help, that assistance of whatever that ends up being much more powerful at that point because it comes from a position of being uh, thankful. It comes from a position of being genuinely impressed that it wasn't about me. 
Uh, and so, you know, you'll find me at any single event. The last thing I'm thinking is, oh, how can I help myself? I'm thinking, how can I connect the dots? Which, of course, in some you know sort of karma sort of way, are going to come back because that's just the nature of the game. Uh, but if you change that one little intention, it's amazing how much your life changes because then your entire mindset for how you go out and just, frankly, walk around the world on a daily basis becomes very, very clear. Uh, and you become the center of that moment in time and that movement. And that becomes something that over time, if you do very effectively, if you scale those types of efforts, uh, you can see a lot of fruit bared as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can't agree with you more. And, and it's certainly um, something we talk about here on the podcast quite a bit. And it certainly is as at the heart of genuine leadership. It's never about you. It's always about them. And if you can go outwardly focused and, and, and focus on the intentions to help other people, it's going to come back to you in spades. I mean, that's it's that's something that's been around since the dawn of man, and unfortunately, we come to it later. We don't realize it, and it is. We are so inward-based and me-based, and you're absolutely right. The more that you can add value to other people, the more value you're going to bring back to your own life. So well said on that. Well, Thank yeah, what, um, you know, gosh, where does it go from here? I mean, I guess if you had unlimited resources and, and you couldn't fail, what would you set out to do now? Oh boy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that way, I guess. Uh, I'm pretty focused right now. So yeah, I guess I guess what say. I'm I guess I'm going to get it as what what are your I guess what are your big dreams now? I mean, you're sitting there you you got some, you know, great success. You built brought all these people together. What does Scott want to do? What what are the dreams that you you're pursuing? Um, you know, I I think that uh it's it's funny. I'm a very simple guy in this sense because, again, my work is my life. Um, right. But the other part of my life, which to me is more important, is my family. Uh, you know, I'm the father of two beautiful little kids, my wife, and so forth. And you know, the, the the juggle that I have on a daily basis. I'm sure not unlike many other folks out there even listening to this that are just trying to make it through the day and not feel like they sort of uh, shortcutted anything and felt that they were all in when they needed to be. Uh, is how to be an entrepreneur and a father. Um, you know, I've seen the good and the bad uh, out there of folks that are so focused and so on every single moment that they don't really take a breath or they can't live in the moment when they're not working. Or And so what I'm really trying to do is find that balance. Uh, and I won't say work-life balance because I think that's a nonsense term created to make people feel better about their lives. But right. I do think uh, that as a destination, as a goal to be a, a great father and a great husband uh, just keeps my goals in in line with the, the same ethic that I want to put towards my work. And uh, I guess my dream is to find a way to make sure that I can be what I deem in my mind successful enough uh, financially or any other way that it would allow me to take a couple steps back. Not because uh, I don't think I ever could just back off. I don't think it's in my personality. I'll work till I'm dead. Um, but uh, but at the same time, be able to say like, okay, if I if I go and do the right team to support me. I have great people around me, and that's a result of our work together to get to this point. So finding that ideal medium, uh, I, I think, is really what I what I try to achieve every day. God, I love that answer. It's great. It's so awesome too because I think if the the more that you can, everything can be integrated with with your whole life. Uh, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, men and their men women in their upper seventies and eighties, and they've accomplished a great deal. And every single one of them told me their biggest regret was they weren't there. Uh, during the hustle phase for their family and and uh, it, some of it, to hear you say that I think is is the ultimate goal right I mean how can I, I don't think you have to necessarily separate the two I think if you can integrate it all into your lifestyle and your family I think that that's the key I think sure I mean you know it's it's interesting I think that 
you know, that's why I think that there's a lot of problems when it comes to divorce and within entrepreneurship and so forth, because it's, it is, a, it's not a zero sum game, but a lot of folks will, you know, I, I think the beauty about entrepreneurship truly is the idea that you don't have to work within these confines of society, right? You don't have to do the job of others, but you have to work harder. You know, harder means on your schedule, but it's still harder. Uh, and it's really trying to figure out, okay, well, if my kids are, I mean, it sometimes just comes down to literally scheduling. If my kids are literally going to be, you know, uh, after school or uh, after their programs awake from this hour to this hour, and I can work from this hour to that hour, you know, you just figure out ways to make sure you're present and you're there uh, and not just there in body, but in there in mind, heart, spirit, and so forth. So, um, you know, I, I do think that that's the flexibility startup life gives you. Um, but, but I think it comes again with that term of the double-edged sword with, with great responsibility, uh, you know, obviously, uh, and, and great, uh, scheduling capability comes a lot of really, uh, fine-tuned focus and making yeah. sure that when you're working, you're working, when you're not, you're not, you've set up systems with your spouse, everybody's in it to win it. No one's just trying to, you know, uh, to, to be there to be the cheerleader. And, and I think that that's a really big moment that a lot of entrepreneurs that are either soon to be parents, uh, or are parents currently, uh, are going to have to really take a hard look at because yeah i mean i can't picture a life of mine where god forbid i'm divorced with my wife or uh god forbid my kids one day you know say dad you weren't there i mean that what would what would success really be worth at that point exactly so yeah so to me that that that's a lifestyle thing that i'm not willing to uh to give up on in any way oh that's great i love it what advice would you give to maybe the um people that are uh, my age and older who've kind of bought into the old way now they're 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 totally bought into this new type of lifestyle to becoming a lifestyle entrepreneur. What's the best mm -hmm. thing you could do to get somebody to kind of take the, the leap, you know, the leap of faith, the leap of, you know, confront their fear. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny, Richard. I, I say this all the time. I, I of course have no problem giving generalized advice, but in the same way that a boomer uh, or, you know, in some cases a Gen Xer would never be able to understand what it's like to be a Gen Yer today. Uh, foolish for me to think that as a Gen Yer, I would understand the life of a boomer. Um, and so what I'll say is like any other entrepreneur, uh, I, I think you need to go out there and just say, are you going to do this or not? Are you going to start today or not? Um, you have to be truthful with yourself. You have to look deep within yourself and realize that if you take one more step towards business and entrepreneurship, your life will never be the same in many ways from both a gratifying sense to also a hardship sense. Uh, you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared for failure. You have to understand that that, that steady life that you may have uh, through what, a, what is ideally a corporate life that you might have lived without uh, seeing the, the dark side of that if you were never laid off or anything or a company never went under. Um, you know that it's a it's a different life, and I think that's very hard for a lot of people. That being said, you know I think today what you're seeing uh, in the market is is a resurgence of boomers specifically, or not a resurgence, but a surge of boomers specifically that are starting uh, ventures. Uh, at, you know after being in the corporate system for many years, and I think there's great opportunity there. I mean, again. Uh, just in common sense, I mean, much more life experience, much more, many more skill sets and, you know, a life of living and understanding what proper management is like if you've been at a good company. So, you know, that's a huge value add that, frankly, I wish some of the Gen Yers would take on, uh, you know, when it comes to some of those hard knocks lessons uh, and, and learning from some aspects of the positives of the corporate world. Um, you know, but what it comes down to at the end of the day is just getting started. I think most people fail to launch because they themselves hold themselves back because of all those fears. And again, they're not 
unfounded in many cases, but that's a telling sign. If you have, you know, two kids, uh, a mortgage, college payments, and all this, you know what? It's not that simple to just go and say, hey, I'm going to go and start something. Um, at the same time, you have to really trust that level uh, of, of employment that you have in the traditional sense in an age where it's being proven time and again uh, that, you know, in the age of outsourcing globalization, job forces are getting slashed and high levels of bid management uh, and, and large-scale workforces that don't need to be as big big are the first to go. Uh, and so it, it, it is a very interesting time and I'm glad to see so many boomers being active. But my advice would just be shut up and go figure it out if you're actually going to do it and then either take the step or don't. If you don't take the step, never speak about it again. If you do take the step, good luck. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think it's all about intentionality and taking action and and understand that you're going to be afraid. And that, and the, the difference or the one of the, I've said this many times in this podcast, one of the great lessons I've had of, of interviewing all these people on this show is finding that even guys like Steve Forbes and everybody else, they still wake up with fears and limiting beliefs even today. And I think that should be encouraging for a lot of people out there, understanding that you are going to be afraid and that the only difference is that all these people that we put in success buckets are the ones that have been resilient uh, or bounced back from the setback or the failure. Absolutely. So, well, gosh, this is such a fun conversation. I'm so Glad to have you on the show. I know you're very busy, and and um, where can people find you? What what's a good place people can connect with you? Sure. Well, we'll definitely you know feel free to follow me on Twitter, uh, just Scott Gerber with two T's, um, and you can also go and uh, check out the new YEC uh, media site, which is StartupCollective.com. Uh, our members produce thousands of pieces of original content from their journeys and from their best practices. Uh, so all the content is actually written from these elite entrepreneurs that and to put great information, not from journalists, but from the business owners themselves out there. Uh, so definitely check that out at startupcollective.com as well. All right. I'll have links to all this and links to his book, uh, Scott Gerber, everybody. Scott, stay on the line for a few seconds. We'll talk after the recording's over. But thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.